0: yeah, that wasn't fun, but it was another like swift kick in the gut and sadly, but we had to move on. Right. So when you, when you had that, that loss that I really was not expecting, I was like, wow, we got pregnant again. And this is awesome. Cause I really wanted to have baby number two and how lucky are we? And then you, you get thrown the, the language and the words of, oh, well, you know, it, it happens a lot and you know, You'll just try again and you're just like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm losing my business. Now I'm losing a child and I, what? <laughs> huh? <laughs> what is this? You know, you try to figure out who to lean on, what to lean on. And luckily, my husband was someone that I've always leaned on, but he travels a lot. So he wasn't physically there.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Matt Brown, and you're listening to the Every L podcast. Each episode, we'll have a different guest come on and talk about when life hands you an L, is it really a loss or is it something else? Because not every L's a loss. So sit back, relax, or do whatever you guys do to get comfortable as we get into this. Let's go! welcome everyone to another episode of every L podcast where we have different guests come on and talk about things that happen in the life the way it didn't really want it to work out and that's because for many reasons we plan things we put things in place we make provisions we take courses we upskill ourselves to make sure that when the right opportunity comes along plus the preparation we put in place those two should equal success or what we want to happen But life just don't be doing things like that. Life don't do two plus two equals four. It's all about algebra and decimals and fractions and all sorts. And that we don't compute with all the time. So I'm really honoured and privileged to have different guests come on and share their things that they may not be too comfortable sharing in normal conversations, but understand that there's a need, there's a want, there's a desire, there's actually a fundamental reason for sharing these stories so people feel less alone. And today, and it is cliche because I say it every episode, I have a fantastic guest. Now this person I haven't known I haven't known her too what long, to be honest with you. However, I did my due diligence. I did a bit of research and wow, she's a little bit more fantastic than I anticipated her being. She's got a brilliant brand. The way she does things, admittedly, for me, it feels like how I've kind of done my podcast now, I've done other things. It kind of serves you first. And then if other people jump on the bandwagon they benefit, then sound, that's great. But you start, you start charity starts at home, let's be frank. Um and what she's created, how she goes about her stuff, is just brilliant. I love the fact that she's authentically herself. She doesn't put on this persona. Her, okay, her energy's completely all the way up, but that's because she's American. That's mine, that's, that's what I think anyway. But it's just, she's just the way she is. She delivers things the way she does. She absolutely loves where she's at, even though there's things she strives to achieve and accomplish in her life but she doesn't let her right now define where she's trying to get to from what I've seen and from what I've read up on her. But I'm really excited to have this conversation with her because she's such a, she's a person I guess I never really thought I'd ever have contact with, didn't even know someone like this existed, but it makes sense that people do exist. But yeah, I have Ashley here. I'm not going to steal away from the intro because a lot of things I could have said, but I want her to divulge what she feels comfortable sharing before we proceed into her first L. Ashley, how are you doing?
0: mad i'm like a magical freaking unicorn i mean i mean something like that yeah
1: like <laughs> <laughs> hilarious
0: thank you for so much for uh, asking me to be on your podcast i am honored
1: yeah, I, I just came across you um because you're a mutual guest and checked out your podcast i'm like okay the, okay i'm not the target audience i get that but
0: you, you're, you're a dad you're my target audience you are a dad.
1: Okay. There we go. I am a target audience and anyone else that's a dad that you're maybe a target audience as well, but it was just listening, just hearing the frank conversations, the candidness of it all. And I just find those conversations refreshing just because it makes you feel that people can be real and not always have to caveat with saying, I love you, but I love this, but my kids are amazing, but it's just, lay out the table it is what it is we're not judging you here you just got to feel that level of comfortable with an individual you have a very good skill in able to do that and you're very business savvy so I love that about you because you're able to help bring the business smarts to the table as well as yeah don't worry if you're wearing sweatpants or whatever it is get comfy as long as you come 100 I'm there with you I'm all right and I feel that that combination of personality doesn't isn't always forthcoming and that can be detrimental to a lot of our well-being because people feel like if they're going to be professional in quotation marks they must also look professional but if you're a parent or you've got other stuff going on it's not always possible but it doesn't necessarily take away from you being professional and you are definitely that
0: well you know I think that that 2020 really taught us that life is freaking messy, right? So, and all we have is like the now. So it's like to project forward through what everyone went through globally in 2020 through a pandemic to get on the other side of it. It's like, we we have to take ourselves seriously. We don't have to take ourselves seriously, but we have to show up no matter how that is, we have to show up. And now that I'm in this New phase of my life, a new season, as I say with quotations, of being a mom because I, I had my daughter right before the pandemic. I'm in this whole new realm of business, but also with my daughter by my side and navigating the wild world of crayons and paint and dirty this and 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 all of the things that you you think that you you should be able to win at on the daily, and yet you don't, and that is okay. It, it has been quite, f- quite fun, quite devastating, and 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 here we are, Matt. Here we are.
1: <laughs> oh, definitely. Please introduce yourself to the wonderful folks listening who may not have heard about you.
0: I'm sure that there are a lot of people that are listening to this, po- this podcast that have probably never heard of me, and that is a OK. Um, my name is Ashley Verma. I am American, that you could probably tell by my nasal accent, and that is fine. I am originally from Moundsville, West by God, Virginia. Um, It is a drive through state. I'm not going to ask you, Matt, if you have been to West Virginia because you probably have not. I have not. You've probably been to like New York or Washington, D.C., somewhere fancy like that. But yeah, no, not too many people are going to West Virginia. I was pretty much like, I was raised there, but like, I have a very big dance background, so I started doing a lot of my dance training and everything as a kid all the way up through um, in New York City. So like New York kind of became home for me, and then I moved there officially when I was 19. Yeah, and I've just been kind of on a trajectory of always Broadway musicals and performing, performing as an actor, a singer, a dancer, and got into fitness and... You know, what you were saying in the intro that I was a business person, I was like, oh, am I? Like, I've never really looked at myself as a business person. I'm someone who is learning. I'm learning a lot every day about business. I've, I do think that I've I've gotten better at it. I'll never say that I'm great at it because I think that there's always room for improvement. But when I was um, when I was in New York in Broadway show at the time, I had gotten into fitness as a side hustle and then somehow magically became like a very well sought after trainer <laughs> in New York City. And when I met my husband and he was like, "Why well, I would like to go back to London. I was like, well, I'll go back. I'll go to London with you. Sure. Why not? Um, am I going to get that funny accent? And um, he was like, no, you're not going to get the accent. You get to keep yours. <laughs> so we jumped the pond and I, that was when I wanted to make this turn into business and have my own business. And that is when um, I kind of went on this path of no longer being the Broadway performer and, and jumping from show to show and all of that. I was known as Ashley Verma, you know, um, celebrity fitness trainer, and she was the go-to bar expert. So I started up in 2016 teaching all over London. I had uh, contracts with Google, um, Sky TV, Third Space, Lorna Jane. I taught everywhere. And then I grew my little team and I grew an army of a following that kind of pushed me to open up my first ever bricks and mortar. I never, like, I never thought it would, I was going that way at the very beginning of it. And then once I realized like how much people loved this workout, I was like, wow, this is really happening. And then 2018, we, I opened my first bricks and mortar on a uh, great Portland street right around the corner from the BBC. And yeah, you know, when you get into business, you you go in with your, w- with your guts, right? Like you go in all in. And um, I was very fortunate to have a partner who believed in me and invested in me and a family that invested in me. And we opened up this beautiful little boutique studio in the heart of central London. And it had heart, like it had such heart. And when 2020 hit, just like with everything, we we, we lost heart. <laughs> we, lost, we lost a lot of magic. We lost a lot of things that no one ever expected to lose overnight. And before I knew it, I, I suffered a, a rather big L and um, found myself in 2021 handing the keys in because there was no way that we could sustain keeping the door shut because we were in a lockdown for so long. And paying astronomical bills that, you know, overhead and, you know, it's not just about the physical space. It's all the things that go with it, with the electric, with the water, with, you know, the gas, with the, you know, cleaning and your, your staff. It's like, there's so much that goes into it that when, you know, that heart gets cut, everything goes right. Like everything bleeds, you can't control it. And I just watched it fall apart. And I, you know, when you look at something like that and you go, gosh, like it's very dramatic, but when you invest in something and you give your all and you give your, your, all of your time, all of your energy, and then you put on top of it, you have staff that you worry about their bills, their rent, their food on their table. That's a lot on your shoulders, right? So when we looked at it and I, I said to my husband at the time, like even when we went into this first lockdown, I had my daughter uh, with an elected cesarean. And um, because I had envisioned that I would be out of the hospital and pushing that pram to define London on Great Portland Street. And I would be doing all the admin work on day four post baby, because that's just what you do as a business person, right? <laughs> and I, I just had all of these like things in my head that I was going to be doing. And when it just came crashing and burning down, I was locked in the, the second bedroom and Adia was in a bouncy bounce next to me and a computer was there. And I was just teaching morning, noon, and night, just teaching. And we just, I, you know, I would come out of the room and I, w- I should not even been working out. I wasn't even like doctors approved to work out. And my husband would look at me and he's like, are you okay? I was like, it doesn't matter right now. Like no one is okay. Like we're just like we're trying to get through this all while navigating this like wild world of parenting, but that was the first time of like with business that I I did feel I guess you could say I did feel like a business person, but losing but losing it was like my first loss in business. Like I've I've, I've lost people. I've lost I mean I've lost my 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 pillar, my dad, but like losing this trickled down in such a way that I think that we, we really waited for a full year to really go, we should hand the keys in because we just didn't want to acknowledge, we didn't want to accept it. And when you lose like this, I think the first set of denial, I think probably you've had other guests come on here and they talk about denial of of the loss. And I think that's like the first thing that really comes forward for me is that that denial, like, no, no, I didn't fail. I didn't, like this didn't go completely demise or whatever, (laughs) but because I I tried, like I, I really genuinely gave it my all. And when you look at it and you're like, Gosh, I was in denial that whole 2020 that I was going to magically fix this and go back to that magical unicorn that you you know were were hyping me up to be, Matt. You know, but I'm I'm not. I wasn't that magical unicorn. Come 2021, I was going into my daughter's first birthday. We were still on Zoom. We were all still collectively moving with the, the the virtual. So define move to a virtual outlet. And it was beautiful. Oh my God, I loved the community. And they were the heartbeat of it. They were like the pulse that it, on the days that I thought there is no way in hell I can do this. I would open the screen, press play there. Everyone was, and they were like, what are we going to do? And I would put pit bull on or some sort of Shakira nonsense. And we would start moving and grooving together. And it was just medicine. And so I think during that 2020 of denial, I used all of that as the medicine, like that was the medicine to get through. And then when 2021 came, it was like, we got to, we got to talk for real now. Like we got to really put on our big girl pants. And we tried to reopen the studio and, The landlord was already like, well, you, you were open, you were closed. Like we, we got to figure out this rent situation. And we were like, we haven't been open to full capacity. Like we went from, so the studio had a, a, a studio upstairs and downstairs. So you could fit 14 people upstairs and 14 people downstairs. But when you socially distance, you drop to six. You can't even go in the bathroom because it's too small. You can go in one at a time. So no one was coming there pre-work. Well, wait a minute. There was no pre-work. People were working from home. So why would they be coming into central London? We heavily relied on you know, Arcadia Group that housed 3,000 people that worked for Topshop. They had a corporate account. The BBC at the time was 30% capacity, if that, when we came back out of COVID. It was like all of these corporate accounts that we had and this community that we had just kind of like they were showing up on virtual well virtual pricing of 499 wasn't going to cut you know central london rent <laughs> i mean it it was like a whole other you know thing that happened and we just kind of like i looked at my husband and i was just like i'm sorry like i i've like I don't know what else to do. Like, this is it. Like, we're we have to be done. And um, so we did. We, we um, we stopped. We stopped. And when you look at something like that and you go, God, like, am I a failed business person now? Is my magical unicorn self no longer a magical unicorn because I failed as a business person and I lost something? I think. After probably a lot of wine and maybe some tequila, I'm not going to lie, Matt. There might have been some
1: tequila <laughs> in
0: there. Um, I had a lot of chats with my my husband about it. And he, during all of the, the pandemonium of the ups and the downs of, of the business, he kept on going, you're still losing you. And you used to be so creative. And you used to have a spark of like all this energy. Do something with Adia, my daughter, and um, I was like do something with her. Like do Mummy Me workouts. Do something. <laughs> I, he wasn't like trying to like get me out of the room and be like just go on, but like he was like you've always been creative, so just create something. And that was a big, big catapult and a shift and a turn to take something that I love so much was so much invested like capital. I mean, it, you know, when you, when you, when it's your money, it's one thing when it's other, when it's other folk money, (laughs) that, that sits very differently. And Mm. that money was a, a family investment. And I did not take that lightly. And I think that's probably another reason why I couldn't stop. And I didn't want to lose. And when I shifted a little bit of energy over to creating what is now busy mumsy it did it did give me a little bit of light and a little bit of hope and like a different switch to the mindset when i wasn't in panic mode of trying to figure out if you know if my staff was going to stay if they were in a state of support if they were going to you know everyone has rent to pay if i was going to even give them enough classes to pay their rent like that's are, are they like it got to the point where Well, why would I, Ashley, why I live here. So why would I come into the studio to teach one class? Well, that's all I have to give. Well, it doesn't make financial sense. So if you can do it online, I'll stay at home and teach from there. And you're just like, I have this beautiful studio in central London and no one wants to come in. They want to teach from home. Okay. (laughs) So when I started working and shifting over to this busy mumsy concept, It really was a moment to create and find an energy and a spark and, and really just feel more connected to my daughter. And over time, I mean, my, my husband, if he was sitting right here right now, he would say, yeah, it, it took a big shift of positivity for me. And I didn't feel like I was failing anyone because it was just me and her. And We went on to create and it was so much fun. So we started a little YouTube channel and that's fun. We have like a modest little following there and it's super, super pretty and I love it. And when, in, in 2021, after her first birthday, and we were already like, this is, the the studio is gonna have to come to a halt. like, we're gonna have to like, we need to start these conversations. Um, I had fallen pregnant again and um, which was very exciting. And, um, I ended up miscarrying at, um, at 11, 12, 12 weeks, 13, I I had the DNC at 14 weeks and yeah, that wasn't fun, but it was another like swift kick in the gut and sadly and, um, but we had to move on. Right. Um, so when you, when you had that, that loss that I really was not expecting, I was like, wow, we got pregnant again. And this is awesome. Cause I really wanted to have baby number two and how lucky are we? And, and then you, you get thrown the, the language and the words of, oh, well, you know, it, it happens a lot and, you know, it's, you'll just try again. And you're just like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm losing my business now. I'm losing a child. and I." What? <laughs> huh? <laughs> what is this? And you know, you try to figure out who to lean on, what to lean on. And luckily, you know, my, my husband was someone that I've always leaned on, but he travels a lot, so he wasn't physically there. So um I, I had this delicious little human named Adia, my little baby girl, and um I we we shifted back into working on Busy Mumsy. Later on in the year, like very much um, later on in the year, um, I was packing up to fine. And I was having a conversation with someone that said, you should start a podcast. And I was like, huh? I should start a podcast? What? He's like, well, you know, like you have a story. You like to talk. Um,
1: was that a backhanded compliment.
0: <laughs> You'd like to talk. Yeah, why not? Um, no, I, you know, I, I know why you said it. He he was a former, um, radio host in America and he used to work with Casey Kasem. He now has his own marketing company. And I was talking to him for fresh ideas on how to market the crazy worldwide web of like trying to promote classes and teaching and like all that kind of stuff. And I just like, and you know, he he just came out of the blue with like whatever happened to Busy Mumsy and why aren't you doing a podcast and why don't you tell your story and get other people on board and I was like that's not half bad idea but yes you are right he he did say you do like to talk
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't worry I get a lot myself it's fine
0: <laughs> but listen you you also know as the host it's like when, when you're the host you like you, you kind of like you kind of get trapped and you don't talk because you want the guest to tell the story right and then it's like when. When do you chime in? It's like, what happened? So, Matt, you can chime in at any time.
1: I'm actually I actually liking hearing it unravel because you're a good storyteller and it's it's just there is a lot that I'm thinking, oh my gosh, rein it in. There's a lot of questions I want to go through. But and I'm afraid this out there, I'm gonna put you under pressure for the listeners. More so me than anyone else, but because I'm hearing a couple of things in there, I'm like, we definitely have to get you on for a part two, because I just, I just like to give people that space, that time to talk about how they felt going through tough situations.
0: Well, you know what, Matt, I mean, I've, to be honest with you, I I think I'm, I'm rather proud of myself that I've not like had a good old solid cry here with you in, in the space of 20 minutes. It's, when, when, when you break stuff down, like anyone that's talking about loss, when you break it down and then you really actually hear yourself talk about it, it's like, God, it's so deep rooted down in there. And like, it, it's like, I'm not trying to be like an, an, an emotional basket case, but like. It's therapy in a way to get it out, and I always I say this to even clients that go through hard times. When I'm in personal training sessions with them, and they're like, oh, "I'm having a really shit day," and I'm like, "Well, try this," and it's important to talk, and and it is. And and like what I was going to say about with Busy Mumsy, it was like I was talking to someone that didn't really know that well, didn't really have a friendship with him. Like, I mean, I've seen him on Zoom a couple of times, and he's just like, "Start this, do this," and I was like. Gosh, like maybe he has something there. Like maybe I should try Busy Mumsy again. And and honestly, when I when I did, and I felt this like almost reassurance from my daughter of like this glue back to magic of like what energy she can give me to make me. I, I don't know if this is the right thing to say, but feel better, be better be more mindful, be kinder to myself. I mean, because I I'm sure within your podcast you've met a lot of people that have gone through a lot of loss. And the one thing that you do, A, you you do that denial, but B, you can be so wretched to yourself. You can really look at yourself in the mirror, but like not really look at you. You see this absolutely like grotesque form of yourself. And when you reflect back on it, you're like, gosh, like, did anyone else see me like that? Or was that, (laughs) did anyone else see that Halloween costume I was wearing for a good year and a half, two years? Because wow, wow, she wasn't pretty. She wasn't approachable. She was so lost. right? Like you, you do, you find yourself so lost. And so like when, when I found Busy Mumsy again and was able to put pen to paper and was able to put words to it, because before it was more just about movement. It was like everything I did with Define, but like Adia was in a bouncy bounce or Adia was crawling on the floor or she was in my arms and we were squatting and doing lunges, and. This time it was like, oh, wow, it, it, has, it, it has movement, but it has a voice and it has reason and it has purpose. And it was like for the first time in a very long time of feeling in the trenches of loss that I was feeling a little bit more stable footing. And I mean, that's definitely what you what you want to feel when you are coming on the other side of loss is that you are finding your your feet again. And um, you know, I was really lucky that my daughter was there. And like, she won't remember that. But she was so there. And she still has been, like, throughout this whole process of building Busy Mumsy from with the podcast and um, you know, turning it into a community with um, Finally, I had launched the website um, in October of 2022 that's now like a blog community and has the podcast and it has workouts. I've shifted that heartbeat, that business of Define. I've shifted it over to the, and I'm giving it for free because to be able to give, when you build a community and you feel like you really let them down and you kind of like close it, Like, how do you give back? Like, how do you like how do you move forward? You give, right? So I had all of this content and was like, well, let's just put it on the platform. So every week I put up new free workouts, and anyone can go to the space, pick what you want. It's not going anywhere. It's always gonna be there. And it was there for you to move, to inspire.
1: To be happy. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to, I know we're quite deep into the episode. Folks, if you don't know, there was a couple of L's that were thrown at me. Given the way the conversation has gone, I'm going to pick up on the loss of me. Because the overwhelming theme I'm hearing from this, from the multitude of setbacks, is it took a knock on you not being that unicorn that you so eloquently put it as and I can only imagine when you're you're backing yourself you know you did dance way back when you got yourself there you was on Broadway you was making the most you was traveling and then you pivoted, did something else People are willing to back you. You pitched a good pitch and you pitched it so well that people like family, because let's be fair, strangers are willing to invest in other people because if anything don't go the way it's meant to go, they can go ham on them, feel no way. When it's family, you go to a family reunion, you're trying not to bring that up about money, but that's all that's on your mind. That's like topic one, two, and three. You've got nothing else after that. But you backed yourself. So to go into business and COVID happens, Nobody knew what this COVID thing was. People were like, what's that, a new drink? I don't know what this is about, what you're about. And you're thinking, there was no SWOT analysis for this. You know, strength, weakness, opportunity, threat, COVID. It was never there. It wasn't on anybody's. If you're a big corporation, cool, you can afford the PPE, you can afford this, you just don't get a bonus that year. If you're a small to medium-sized business, what extra money? I've got to eat beans on toast for the... What, sorry? What? I don't have the budget for that. And then you want to pay for rent. You want me to pay for, uh service charge. You want to pay all this other. Okay. Uh, how is this viable? All of a sudden you suddenly got to get up to speed with the internet. What is viable? Once upon a time, Skype was a thing. Then people suddenly went on Zoom. And then you got to think, oh, Zoom, MS Teams, all this stuff. What? What's the right thing for this business model if I'm going to do it there? That's a lot to take take on board. And the same way, and I'm assuming here, so please correct me, when you created your business case for that original investment for Define, you you took your time, you did your research, you had everything there, you knew what to invest your time and energy in because you'd already researched the landscape, the field of expertise that you was going into. This is now, right, I need to do this yesterday. And you're panicking because, I don't know if you're anything like me, everybody that was on the news, and I tried not to watch the news, but it was something new, Right. People sneeze and they'll die. Like, what what <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. I just brought a child into this world. What is this I brought them into? It will pass because, you know, <clears throat> things like this don't last very long. One week, two weeks, three weeks. Alright, uh, you're taking a mick now. Like, what 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 is that? Even though I've my head in the sand because it's good for my mental health, the banks ain't burying their head in the sand. They're still sending me bills. All these other people are still sending me bills because they're not burying their head in the sand. They want to get paid. Yet I am being nice, but you guys aren't reciprocating that. So I need to start charging and you have to change things up. Having a child is a massive, massive life event. And I can only imagine as the person who was the vehicle for carrying said child, your hormones would have been all over the place going through what you went through. And again, it's your baby, you know, not just a physical baby, but also you've got your business. What do I do? Am I doing a good enough job? I don't know if you had the same thoughts for me. Like what world have I brought this child into? You then go through miscarriage, which is, I'm not experienced it personally. However, one in four people have miscarriage, which is not nice to hear in any way, shape or form. And that's why I try and correct people when they say, I just want a normal pregnancy. You don't want a normal pregnancy because what you think normal is in quotation marks is a lot of bumps and hiccups along the way. It's not what you think is. It's not a matter of you go to the hospital, sneeze the babies out. It's not that. That is, that's a unicorn moment right there. But you've gone through all this stuff. You've then again, pivoted. So you pivoted from dance to define to online to busy mumsy. And you did this. And I, and it is easy for me to understand how you could lose your identity, lose yourself within this, because you're there for other people, and I just I, I need to understand when did you first feel like you're you were slipping away from recognizing who was facing you in the mirror?
0: Um. Uh. You know, I've never really said this before. Um. So we when we pivoted to virtual. I I've always did like the personal training and then um, there were group classes. So we were running about, we started out with like 20, then we went up to, I think the most we ever did was like 36 virtual classes a week on the platform, but I was doing predominantly all of the personal training and I had just had my daughter four weeks prior, we went into this lockdown and we started this online platform and I'm in this foreign body and back to the hormones, form body. I'm getting on Zoom, and I am waking up at five in the morning to teach. But before that, as you know, with kids, it's like you're up all night, right, with the newborn. Yep. And this whole catastrophic, tra- catastrophic thing has happened in the pandemic, and I am teaching. All of these clients, these personal training clients, one after another, after another, after another. And I'm not kidding you when I say there were days where I would be in a room from five in the morning until 5 p.m., 6 p.m. I would teach for nine hours, 10 hours, one-to-one, back-to-back, back-to-back, back-to-back with the baby. And I would come out of it Not in the sense of like group fitness and personal training. It's fulfilling because you are, you're helping someone. And I love that. It's, it's, it even, it lends itself to performing. You perform on stage so you can take someone away for two and a half hours and tell them a story to sing, to dance, to move, to do all of that magic. When I was trapped in this room and I say trapped because that's what it felt like. I was in this room. In this tiny little space, Adia, this new foreign thing (laughs) (laughs) I've only known for like six weeks is there and she needs me and she loves me. And I am trying to not only give to her, but give to every freaking person that was Zooming in. I came out of there angry because no one cared how I was feeling. All they wanted was me to coach them, to make them feel better, to make them feel like they look amazing. And you got to like all of those things that the personal trainer is meant to do. And I literally in that journey, there were specific clients that I am so glad that I actually do not train anymore because they literally sucked the life out of me. And that's when I lost myself. like That was when it had nothing to do with Adia. It had nothing to do with my husband. It had nothing to do with my close-knit family that I love that supported me. But because I had to give so much, because all I could think about was this amount of money that was owed that w- to keep this business. And I had to do this. And all like like ugh. That when I walked out of there, I was just like, I, I I've lost, like I've lost me. Like I don't like. There's no joy. Like teaching for me was performing to me, and that was joy. None of that was joy.
1: That's a shame to hear.
0: Thank God they paid me money, Matt. Thank God they paid me money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's good. I, I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna be a bit graphic here, but it's my podcast or whatever, right? So for those people that may not understand and I'm going to make an assumption here, you're in this foreign body. What people may not understand, you have a look at her, she's very well kept in terms of you do exercise, you look after yourself, you eat healthy and whatnot, right? So if you've then had a baby, your body's going to be a little bit more bigger than you used to. Your joints have had to change because of carrying said baby. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're leaking from new places. You know, these are things that, Oh, what, what now and now you've got to think about prepping for milk um, whether you're expressing whether you're breastfeeding whether you're using formula that's prep work that you never used to do right. so it's a very it's a culture shock and then when you still got people treating you the same way you it kind of makes you feel like oh I'm just a number to you I'm just an object to you and if your hormones are all raging the way they could be raging or could have been raging I kind of get that what was the turning point for you in order to no longer feel that way
0: oh, you know i mean i there's not one specific it when when my husband would come back to london from uganda because that's where his business is and that's where i currently sit he was not seeing the person he married so I think that was a big turning point. And not, it would it would I would say that it had nothing to do with aesthetic. It just wasn't me. I wasn't magical. I wasn't fun.
1: Is it the fact that the burdens of expectations from all these different things were weighing you down? So normally where you're a high flyer, you're a dreamer, you're like a hot air balloon, all of a sudden you're not taking off because of these things holding you down.
0: You, you know what? Like, I think that you could also look at this from a sense of like, oh, well, her ego got knocked. It wasn't even ego. Like, I've got broad shoulders. Like, I can handle a lot of shit. Like, I'm, I'm good. But like... This was like from, this was from a place of like, you can, you can only give so much. Like your, your, your cup can only runneth over. Your cup can only be so full or so empty and all of the things. And when he came home and he was just like, whoa, I was like, I I just like, I can't, like I'm, I can't give anymore because no one cares. No one cares how I am getting through this at this point because I just felt like I had just been like a punching bag, every like like a hamster wheel. Like you're on the hamster wheel every day during that time. That like when he came back, he was just like, "You need to slow down." I was like, "Well, I I I can't unless we we have to we have to get rid of this because it's crushed me."
1: While he was away who was your support group my daughter outside of her who could you have adult conversation with and share your burdens
0: yeah you'll you'll love this one i had um and, and not to say this as privileged but it's it will come across privileged i had help come to my house on a on monday tuesday and friday and those three days was when i had rowena my my super nanny and she would come in on those three days, that, and those were the three days I had childcare, and I would be in my room without Adia.
1: But did you have anyone you could talk to?
0: I had my mom in America, in, in Florida, and my brother in Virginia.
1: But no one that was in touch and distance.
0: You know, I. You know, friendships are are interesting. I think this is a whole other podcast in itself as well. But I will say that friendships are interesting. And I, I've always felt that when it comes to friendship, like I've, I have my, my people and I've always held them close to me. But as we get older, we lose friends, right? We kind of like friendships ebb and they flow. And when I moved to London, it was not easy. And I don't know if you've heard this before from expats, but like when you move to London, it's not the easiest place to move to. And if you are not going to school, you're you know in an adult and you're <laughs> trying to make that happen. I was like so focused on business that I, to me, like, oh, I need to like go out to meet friends. Like that wasn't a, like high priority to me. Mine was like, my husband's here, he's creating business. I'm go- I'm here I'm going to create business. So like I met wonderful incredible humans through teaching and they became friends. But I and this could be a huge fault of mine and you can judge me for this and that is fine too. But when it comes to friendships when I was building this business I stayed very at arm's length with everyone. And I did that because I, I didn't want to screw up. So I, when I moved to London, I have closer friends in London now that I no longer have the business. And I'm here in Uganda. And I know I get to visit them and see them when I'm back in London. I They're closer. I feel like I'm closer with them now, if that makes sense. Because I'm not worried about this thing that I like had to tick all these boxes.
1: And I was going to ask, is it because you're worried about being distracted from not achieving that goal or reimbursing the investment that was originally afforded to you?
0: Yeah, I, I I think it was a little bit of everything. I think that um you 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 go into it and you're just like, well I think you also questioned too well like do they want to be my friend because they want free class? Yeah. Well, if they're all my friends, then I have to give them all free class. Like, You know what I mean? Like you can think all sorts of weird and wonderful ways. I just felt so like arm's length. And maybe that's just me. Maybe that's like a new part of my life. And this was pre-baby that, that when I moved there, I was very guarded. And I don't know. I really don't know. But I do know now that I'm on the other side of it. I mean there is this incredible human being, um, her name's Neve. And I mean, she was in probably one of my first ever classes that I ever taught in London. And the same goes for this gal named Bex. And like, I, I, we check in on each other all the time. And like, I feel so close to them now that I no longer really, that I don't have that bricks and mortar and that define doesn't define me. Um, And like the one thing that my husband did say to me when we finally were like, we're done and you're out. And I like handed the keys in and everything. He's like, remember, these walls do not define you. They just don't like go beyond it. And I feel like ever since I did walk out of it, I have felt way more grounded and way more connected to people and also doing stuff that serves me. Yeah. Not, not for this bank account to pay into because this burden, this money was there from family.
1: So, with all that being said and done, did you react in a negative way at all during these challenging times?
0: To myself, yes. To my husband, yes.
1: May outside they manifest themselves because. I know that I have some traits that are, I for me, I accept them as they are. For those that I love around me, not too pleasant.
0: I I mean, m- m- my husband has seen my face all shades of red. Like, I, I mean, he, I have kicked and screamed and said everything under the sun and, and he's my, he's my backbone, so why wouldn't he hear it? <laughs> I mean, he's my number one, my, my, my mother, my my number two is my mom. So (laughs)
1: she's
0: (laughs) really far away. So it's, it's, you know, it, it's a toss up between the two. Um, Business wasn't smooth pre-baby, but it was business hiccups, right? Like business things are like, oh, we're going to have to cut these towels because they're too expensive. I mean, like that champagne problems, whatever, but like when it's spiraling out of a control that you can't control and you never imagined, yeah, it's going to bring up a real gnarly side to you. And that's really going back to when he came back from Uganda and he looked at me, he's like, you are like, who are you? Like we got to come up with a game plan and rightfully so we did. And I've gotten on the other side of it. I'm like, the really amazing thing, out of everything that i I have said, I will have to say and express how I feel that it was a successful business. I did a damn good job. Like I look at it, and I'm like, holy hell, like Jordan Dunn came three times a week. I trained her and like adore her to pieces and is still a friend. and we had these incredible collaborations and my, my first big contract in central London was with Google. Like, I am not going to take that, those shiny things away because those shiny things were like epic and they were huge milestones that a lot of people will take years to get. So I won't take that away from it, but damn, did it get hard. And was it ever the right move to cut it when we did and it was the right move and to now be on the other side, to build a brand that's my full heart and my daughter. And it's just the two of us. I I'm, I'm like, I'm all in. And I'm, you know, for me, like I'm, I'm working on an exciting project within busy mumsy. And I hope to one day sing from the rooftops. Once I get it perfected and yeah, it's, it's crazy, but like loss to, to wrap that up of, of this whole story of, of the loss for me of losing that business really taught me so much. And on the other side of it, hands down made me way, way better. Mom, business owner, business developer, and a wife.
1: And what about the loss of losing yourself, your identity? What did you gain from that, if anything?
0: She's getting better. She's getting better. She's not perfect, that's for sure. But for me, I learned so much about myself and I continue to learn so much about myself on the daily. And that loss was a huge lesson. And one, uh, it's, it's a loss that I'm not ashamed of by no stretch and, um, like I said, I very, like a lot of highs, a lot of highs. I just wasn't ready to, to knock COVID out of the park. I wasn't ready for her. So, <laughs> but, um, but you know, I, I, again, like you, you learn so much in these, in these sorts of situations. And a friend of mine once said, like, you know, you just got to readjust your footing. You got to pivot, you got to turn. And I'm like, you know what? I'm, i I'm very happy with the pivot in the turn that I made. And I'm really happy in the body that I'm in, the mindset that I'm in. And I feel way stronger than I ever did.
1: That's fantastic. So if you're saying that was an L at the time, because I lost myself in these moments, but looking back with a fresh air eyes, a new mindset, I'm going to call that.
0: But wait, can, can I still use an L?
1: Yeah, go for it.
0: Because it's a lesson. There you go. It taught me so much. I, went, I honestly, I we 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 were given one life, and we were we're given so many curveballs and so many things, and the ability. I felt it all. I lived it all. I did my best, and um, they were as as much as like I can be like ah. They, they were they're, they're lifelong lessons and they're only going to make me better and stronger. And that is what they've done.
1: No, that's fair enough. I want to ask you a question that I always ask everyone. I really love hearing the response. If you could go back in time, nothing will change about where you are now, who you are, who you've got in your life, and so forth like that. But if you can go back to your younger self, when would it be? And the reason I ask you when it would be, because this is meant to be around the worst you felt as in you was at the lowest of the low, when would that time be? And what would you say to yourself to help yourself push through?
0: Oh, wow. Wow. Um, hmm. You know, a lot of people really love their, their early (laughs) twenties. Um. I I was born and raised in a very very crazy world called showbiz, and um, and I I, I self doubt love love yourself all of the things, and I would have given myself more of that all the way through. Do
1: you think if you said it like that to yourself? As eloquently if you said it now, do you think you would have heard it, or would there have been another way for you to have shown it, to explain it, to get the message all the way home?
0: Well, Matt, I first have to ask you: are, Am I going to have to like send you money for this therapy session? I mean, my God! <laughs> what? Wait, wait. Go back to the question again. I'm, I'm caught up in how much money I'm going to have to pay you for this.
1: That's fine. <laughs> I'll get my bank account details ready right now. So. <laughs> you're you've gone back in time yeah. you met the younger version of yourself in your early 20s you're saying these nice eloquent things to yourself are you going to hear what you said are you are you going to receive what's being said or no how does how do you need to present it in order for that version of yourself to comprehend to digest and marinate on what you said and take action
0: I am my father's, I, I am my father's daughter. As they say, I, I am stubborn as a mule. Um, so that, that, that teenager, that early twenties, even my thirties, cause I'm in my forties now, I, I'm very stubborn. I'm very like, urgh. and, um, I, I wouldn't listen because I, I think that I would have, I, I I've always had that, like, this is the path and this is the journey. Um, I wish I could hug her.
1: So just take a hold of her, two hands wrapped around her, and regardless of how much she pushes away and screams and shouts and yells, you just hug her and just tell her those words to reaffirm that she doesn't need to have self-doubt. Exactly. And I think that's incredible. I think we're not kind enough to ourselves as we should be. And one of the most beautiful things that I kind of noticed before, but didn't really appreciate it a lot more until I had my own children is we take on a lot of crap and we'll push through and we'll push through it and we're not kind to ourselves. But when we hear our children talk bad on themselves or say, I can't do this, I can't do that, all of a sudden. And I'm sorry if I'm making an assumption, folks, but if you don't do it, that's your business. But I'd like to think the majority of us that are that way inclined towards our children, our ears prick up and correct the child and say, you can, you can do this. Yeah. And we let them be kind to themselves because we know how much of a miracle that child is, that living, human-breathing individual. And we don't want to speak ill of themselves, but we either look at ourselves in the mirror. And the words we use are not often kind. And it's quite alarming. I think we need to be kinder to ourselves. And I love the fact that you identified that you'd go back and you just know you're stubborn. You wouldn't have taken it. But you understand the power of a hug. You understand the power of saying positive words of life into yourself. Out of curiosity, just remind me again, what are the words you'd say to yourself?
0: What are the words I would say to myself? Yeah. Now? Now? like yeah now. no
1: going back to going back to then what would you say to you hugging her what are the words you're going to say to her because they've escaped me i just remember the self-doubt but what would you say to her
0: I, w- I mean i would continue to tell her just just don't don't lose yourself don't forget you don't forget to be kind to you you're going to be kind to everyone but don't forget about you
1: why is that so important
0: I think that for me, I think because of the career that I had, it's always been people pleasing and so projecting forward of like, ah, it's great and it's wonderful and it's this that you do, you you get that you project it so much out that you leave, you don't leave enough for you. You forget, you're like. At the end, you're empty. So, like, why why isn't there anything left over for you, for you to internalize to feed yourself? And um so that's where I think that through so many years of giving and giving and doing and giving and trying to be that very best, that best girl in that show, and perfect whatever on stage, and then the best businesswoman that you You know, for me, like I lost, like I I gave too much. And now for me, my, my cup's getting refilled. And I know that I need to keep that, that cup full. Doesn't have to be fully full, but it's got to be adequate so that I'm taking care of myself. I'm giving love to myself. So I'm being the best that I can for my daughter, for my husband, for my family.
1: That's really good conscious of time I'm going to ask you for the next two minutes pitch anything and everything you've got go on be unapologetic with it be completely shameless with it the floor is yours young lady
0: well I do have this lovely platform called busy mumsy b-i-z-z-i-m-u-m-z-i say it with me Matt busy mumsy (laughs) I
1: I, I, I don't think so (laughs) Hilarious. i'm terribly british i'm sorry i don't do that
0: <laughs> gosh, i made it semi-british for you mumsy you know i try i try matt
1: it's fine it's catchy i like it though i
0: you know what right now please join the community join fo- follow us on instagram especially and facebook and on youtube i'm working on a project right now that sadly i can't talk nothing more about it but i'm working on a really innovative exciting project that is all about busy mumsy and i i hope to again sing it from the rooftops very soon but right now because i'm in the very early feasibility rounds that's all i can talk about
1: that's fine anything else you got going on
0: um, my daughter is back to school. I'm so s- happy for her because she loves school.
1: Congratulations!
0: And, um, listen to the podcast, please download, um, the busy mumsy podcast. Um, it's doing awesome in the UK. I'm like really stoked that it's really playing up there high on the, on the ratings with, under the kids and the family and the parenting podcast for the UK. It's on a bunch of other charts, but like the UK was like a big one for me. Cause I, that's where I started it. And, um, Yeah, there's a lot of great guests. They're not just British. They're American and Canadian and Indian and they're from Uganda. And I've got guests from Kenya. Like they're they're global. And it's really cool to connect with parents from all over the world and hear how they navigate the itty gritty and and all of the magical unicorns and the really bad days with the coupled really good minutes. And um yeah so it's really good and it just makes me freaking happy i love working on busy mumsy and i love that um i know that that you're not recording this but like you can see up there matt like artwork and like that's beautiful we're just making like you know this is the busy mumsy office and my daughter's a part of it and i love that
1: for those of you that didn't see that there's some beautiful artwork on either side of a portrait of her and her beautiful daughter yeah and these pictures are not a handcrafted one that your child does at nursery come home and you're so gentle with it because it's delicate she's preserved it she's framed them hats off to you do better than i do so well done you but i honestly thank you for your time today appreciate obviously the time difference is you know something of a obstacle but you you persevered and I'm so appreciative of it all I'm grateful that this is just another person who's able to come on and share what things look like behind the curtains because at face value you are a highly successful entrepreneur or serial entrepreneur and you know you've had successful career as well and people can look at you and think yo you're just copying w's the whole time not knowing that every successful person you're going to see has very challenging times that they have to overcome and persevere through. And you've been so eloquent with it. So honest and you owe me nothing for this conversation. I'm absolutely, well, let me take that back. Cause you offered me money. Actually, 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 actually <laughs> that, that was a front. Damn it. I need to edit that out so I can get my money. Exactly. Damn it. Uh, there you go. <laughs> but you owe me nothing for this conversation in terms of, There's no reason for you to come on and share what you shared. But I'm honestly grateful for it so that other people can feel less alone, to feel less isolated. And you having someone that comes around and looks after help your child, there's no shame in it. My mum comes over and helps with my babies. It's hard raising twins and an older child. It's difficult. So as much as I didn't want help, childcare is a form of self-care. There's no shame in it at all. And it does take a village to raise a child no shame in it whatsoever. So I thank you for coming on. I thank you for sharing. And I hope that the listeners have enjoyed hearing all this stuff. Please go and follow her on Busy Mumsy, two Zs, <clears throat> not Zs. Go find her. If not, I'm following her already on Instagram. And by the way, I don't really promote this much, but if you want exclusive content, I do share quite a bit on my Instagram page, every old podcast, go find it wherever I'm there. But yes, thank you very much for coming on and sharing all that you did. I hope and wish you all the best and success in what you do going forward. I hope to get you on for another episode at some point. And yeah, I, I hope listeners that you're just encouraged, you're motivated, and you know that anytime that you feel that you're not quite there, you're not quite that unicorn that you normally are, it's probably because your cups not where it should be. And you just take a step back, be kind to yourself, recharge your batteries, whatever that looks like. Whether it's booking a massage, I, I highly recommend that at least once a year. Get yourself serviced, not like that, but go get yourself serviced and just get yourself in the right frame of mind. You deserve to be treated better than your car, better than your phone, better than all these things that you acquire through your life. Because once you're gone, you ain't coming back there's no guarantee what things look like in the other side of life but imagine you look back and you see how you mistreated yourself or you allowed yourself to be mistreated i'm sure you wouldn't be proud of that or imagine that's a, that's the life you're showing your family and friends to live we love you too much for you to do that to yourself so look after yourself and just know there's nothing about a caterpillar that tell you it's going to be a butterfly look after yourself and see you in the next episode